Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline and delighted you have chosen to come along for this ride. Lots of fun to be had today. Chad Pennington will join me today. And if you are a longtime listener, you know exactly what that means. Taylor's takes today. The list is celebration based. We'll say happy anniversary to Buster Douglas, and you will answer my question of the day. All that and a whole lot more. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, there's only one place to start, and that's with our Straight Talk today, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And that is, amid all the celebration going on in Tampa yesterday, and it certainly was fun to watch, Tom Brady and company, and you saw what they were doing. Brady is stumbling around drinking his avocado tequila, and he's throwing the Vince Lombardi trophy from one boat to another in Tampa. And that's all great. That is all well and good. But the most important piece of this, if you're a football fan, is... Can they run this thing back? Can they do it again? That's the question, and the answer is, hell yes, they can. And there's one very big reason why they can. That reason's name is Tom Brady. Not just because he's a great player, but because he is the player everyone wants to play with. Brady was already that guy. Now you couldn't be more that guy. For him to bring Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, and Rob Gronkowski to Tampa and win the Super Bowl and have them score all of the touchdowns in that game. Tom Brady's stock in the eyes of other players has never been higher. So yes, they may lose a piece or two. Chris Godwin is a great example of that. Chris Godwin is a 24-year-old outstanding receiver who I'm sure would love to continue playing with Tom Brady. But Chris Godwin is also a free agent who could wind up getting paid 18 or 20 million bucks someplace. There's a lot of teams out there that would love to sign Chris Godwin. And the Buccaneers have bigger fish to fry. So let's say Godwin leaves and they need another receiver. Well, Jeff Darlington, who is the guy who told you first on Get Up that Brady was going to leave New England and then broke the story when he did. Jeff Darlington came on today and gave us the one name you keep an eye on when it comes to Tampa this offseason. I'm going to say Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm going to say that because of the relationship between Tom Brady and Odell. Fully understanding that this would take a lot to actually make this happen. Keep in mind that Tom Brady did not, before the start of this season, pitch Jason Light on the idea of Odell coming down to Miami, despite the fact that those guys would like to play together at some point. I say this because... I could see going into this offseason with Odell being in a situation where it feels like perhaps he's more expendable to the Browns than he was last year, that perhaps Jason Light would take the call. Well, isn't this interesting? Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. And the only thing I can say about OBJ to Tampa this offseason is it makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world. All trades in all sports should, in a perfect world, benefit both teams. They should work out for both teams. And in my opinion, this one does. And it works for OBJ first and forward. First and foremost. Here's the deal with Odell Beckham Jr., okay? He's an extraordinary player. He became a celebrity much too easily because he made one catch, one spectacular catch. Maybe the greatest catch any football player has ever made. And he did it on Monday Night Football. And the world went nuts. And that became both the best and worst thing that could have happened to him. But here's the simple truth about Odell. He is an endlessly gifted player. And I don't think he's a bad guy. 
People around him seem to love him. His teammates love him. People who know him love him. But he has not been what he could be. He has not been what he should be. And if he's ever going to be, this seems like a really good way. The Browns would make this trade for a first-round pick. That's what Tannenbaum told us this morning on Get Up. First-round pick. Tampa's first-round pick. It's the last pick in the first round. It's a 30-second pick. The Browns get a lot from that. They need players on defense. The Buccaneers are trading away an asset that isn't going to contribute anywhere near what Odell would to their quest for a repeat. They get better. And the bottom line of it is this. Odell and Baker Mayfield just don't work together. Who knows why? We could psychoanalyze that forever. But what's the point? It's the reality of the situation that it's not a match. I have a theory about chemistry. And this involves any relationship. Personal chemistry. This goes for athletes. It goes for broadcasters. It goes for friends. It goes for marital spouses. It goes for everybody. Chemistry equals multiplication. And here's what I mean. Let's just take me and Bubba. No, let's not. Let's take Odell Becker, Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield. That's a better example. If they do not have chemistry, which I believe they do not, then when you put them together, they equal Baker plus Odell. There are some total of the two pieces. They're not greater than the sum of their parts. If they have chemistry, if those two had great chemistry and you put them together, they would equal Baker times Odell. They enhance each other. They make each other better. That's what chemistry is. Baker and Odell don't have it for whatever reason. And I'm not criticizing either one of them for it. Sometimes those things just don't happen. But Odell said this two years ago. He said, there was speculation that was going on. I was willing and ready to go over there, meaning to go play with Brady and the Patriots at any time. Quote, that was always a dream of mine to play for Tom Brady. You know what the most important word in that sentence is? The word for. In his mind, he's playing for Tom Brady. He's not playing for Baker Mayfield. He's playing with Baker Mayfield. That's not a criticism of Mayfield. But there's something about the dynamic of that relationship, and there's no point in psychoanalyzing it now, that does not and has not worked. Odell to Tampa Bay to play with Brady would make all the sense in the world for him. It would make all the sense in the world for the Bucks, And candidly, it would make all the sense in the world for Cleveland. In the two seasons they've been together, Baker Mayfield, when targeting Odell, has thrown six touchdowns and eight interceptions. That's just a fact. It's not an opinion. I'm not making it up. I'm telling you a fact. So in my opinion, this is something to keep an eye on. When it happens, remember where you heard it first. Odell Beckham to Tampa this offseason, if Godwin leaves, I think will become very much a thing. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride 
ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy that song the Whitney Houston song, I Will Always Love You, was put into the system on the old show Mike and Mike on December 9th, 2003, and Bubba tells me it has been played over 450 times on my shows since, and that is exclusively because of the former New York Jets quarterback, Chad Pennington, who joins me here on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Chad. How are you, Greeny? I-, I am well. That song, which obviously became such an important part of what I was doing, and I'm sure you had to hear about it at the time. Did you find it um, delightful, frightening, annoying, some combination? What, what were your thoughts <laughs> on that song back in the day? It always brings back great memories. Uh, you know, this is the first for us, Greeny, today. We've done in person, in studio, on camera, on the phone, and now we're doing FaceTime today. So I'm impressed with our our, uh, you know, how we've progressed through the years. Well, we are more <laughs> more technologically advanced as we as, as we get into our later years here. It's a pleasure to see you, a pleasure to have you, and so many places to go. Here, Chad with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. Let, let's get to some football business here first. And, and I was looking through some notes, and it occurs to me, to me the most interesting story that's going on right now in the NFL involves Carson Wentz in Philly. And, and maybe the genesis of some of the stuff that's going on here was when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round last year. And, and in some way, maybe that psychologically shook Carson Wentz's foundation of being the guy in Philadelphia. And I'm thinking back to when you were as fully established as the quarterback of the New York Jets, and they drafted Kellen Clemens. So maybe you sort of walked a mile in these shoes. What, are you, what did that mean to you, and how do you think uh, it, is, it is impacting the situation with Carson? Well, it can certainly uh, affect your, your mentality for sure. And I think one of the biggest challenges for a professional quarterback is to really understand who you are as a quarterback, what you bring to the organization, and are you confident in those abilities? And I remember back in 2006, I had to prove myself again coming off of a second shoulder surgery. We had Eric Mangini coming in. The Jets drafted Kevin Clemens. And so you really got to focus on yourself and what you bring to the table and be confident in that. And I'm, sur- I'm sure, like you said, Carson Wentz was dealing with some of that mental struggle throughout the year. And because some might listen to that and say, oh, you've got to be tougher than that, mentally tougher. But I think there's a different psychological dynamic with the quarterback. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I see it, you're being asked to be the leader. You're being asked to sort of 
take that message from the coaching staff and everything else and instill it in the rest of the team. And if they don't show that confidence in you, then I think I can see where it will become much more difficult for you to fill that role for them. Is that sort of the way it plays out? There's no question because there's only two men in the entire building who carry records. That's the head coach and the quarterback. Mm. No one else ever mentions a record when you talk about other positions. And so if you don't feel confident in that relationship with the head coach, how can you go out and put out the same messages that the head coach is putting out? How can you say the same things? How can you rally your team if those two men aren't on the same page? That makes a lot of sense to me. Jeff Van Gundy said to us years ago, the most important relationship in any organization, in any sport, is between the coach and the best player. If that relationship works, you've got a chance. If that relationship doesn't work, you have no chance. Chad Pennington with me here. Uh, You were drafted the same year as Tom Brady. And here you are talking to me. And there's Tom at 43, still doing this. And yesterday, sipping what seems to have been avocado tequila and throwing the Lombardi trophy over open water. (laughs) How do you explain what he is doing at this age? Well, first of all, it's awesome. I love seeing it. I love watching the high level of football. I love watching the relationship between Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady uh, progress over the year. I think uh, Byron doesn't get enough credit there as well, and it was really neat to see how they really worked on their relationship and came together. But from Tom's perspective, to see what he's doing at 43 years old, uh, I love it. It's just amazing. Uh, I want to see another year of it. I I think we're watching some high-level football being played at that quarterback position, and that's what we all love to see really good, quarterback play and we're able to see that in Brady I mean we didn't even talk about what a great season he's had this year Mm -hmm. statistically speaking this is one of the greatest years that he's had uh, other than the 07 year with Randy Moss and the Patriots and so that is quite remarkable as well yeah I mean he's 43 years old he threw 40 touchdowns and he was the MVP of the Super Bowl it it's it's impossible but he actually did it take a minute here and, and say a few words for your guy Byron Leftwich that's obviously you have the 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 commonality of of your alma mater and and Byron is a guy who I don't recall him having anyone talking about him when the season ended for a head coaching job and now he feels like he sort of could be the hottest coordinator in the league tell the people who don't know much about him about Byron Leftwich Well, first of all, he had an amazing career at Marshall, and uh, it's just a really smart uh, guy. From day one, the first day I met him at Marshall, he was very intrigued with the study of the game, being a student of the game, learning the game. That's where we developed our relationship. One of the things that that I think is a great trait that Byron has is that he understands people, and he does a great job of studying people. And so throughout this whole process this year, he was really trying to learn Tom learn his team, learn his offensive players, see what they do well, and then mesh all of that together. And to me, that's a sign of a great coach and a great head coach because we all know that football is a people business. You must understand people. It goes well beyond systems and plays and schemes. It really comes down to can I take a group of people and get them to work together and work efficiently and then have the right scheme to fit that And I think Byron did that very well this year. No question. I was just looking it up. I had forgotten about that connection. You guys were are three years apart in in in, in terms of when you came out into the draft and all that, and you came from the same school. So they turned out some real good quarterbacks. A couple of back-to-back first-round quarterbacks there at Marshall. Greeny with Chad Pennington. I know one of the things that you were interested in talking about today, and I am too, is that is the way we are developing quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And I'll sort of set it up this way: because of the rookie salary cap. The best thing a team can have is a quarterback on his first contract playing at a high level. 
And that comes with unintended consequences. And I know your concern is that one of those unintended consequences is that we are kind of giving up on guys much too quickly. If they're not great in year two, we basically feel like we need to move on. And what do you think that is doing right now to the position in the NFL? Well, I think it's affecting uh, the quarterback play across the board. Uh, We aren't patient enough. We aren't trying to develop. We don't have enough technicians within our game. Uh, A lot of times we have coaches who can tell a quarterback, yes, you missed the read to the Z receiver, but can you tell why as a quarterback coach? Can you say you're locking out your lead knee? You're not pulling your front shoulder to the midpoint of your target. Why did you miss that throw? Why did you miss that read? Not that you just missed it. And so that's where I think we've really got to improve within the league is really taking technicians and helping these quarterbacks. They're coming out with much more knowledge, uh, much more experience from a quarterback perspective than we used to. But at the same time, this is professional quarterback. There's a development process that has to happen. When you look at the draft picks coming up, I mean, these guys are 21 years old. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has the most starts with 36 when I came out, I had 51 starts. Mm. And so we're dealing with a quarterback crop year in and year out that doesn't have a lot of starts underneath their belts. And so we have to be patient and develop these guys. We just can't move on to the next one. Right. And, and so it does bring up, and, and I would ask you just because, I mean, you played for the Jets, a guy like Sam Darnold, who left two years of college eligibility on the table, comes in highly touted, has struggled through impossible, I'll say it, impossible circumstances in his three years in the NFL with terrible coaching and teammates, all the rest. You, you, we've all seen what's happened there. So in your mind, is it is it premature to give up on him? Do you believe Sam has what it takes to become a great quarterback in the right situation? It's completely premature. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think we can say we've truly given Sam the chance to develop, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen spurts. We've seen glimmers of hope. We've seen some things that he's done really well. But at the same time, every mistake, that he has made, he's made on a national scene. He's not really been able to be given the chance to make some mistakes behind closed doors. And you have to be able to feel the freedom to make mistakes in order to to be successful. You've got to see what failure looks like. You've got to be able to press the envelope a little bit. And quite frankly, a lot of times with these young quarterbacks, we want them to play perfect. Well, newsflash, they're not going to play perfect especially at a young age. That's really well said. Chad, it is such a pleasure to see you. One final question, as you know, but for for a lot of new people in the audience here, my son Stephen was born on December 10th, 2002, and it was my desire at that time to name him Chadwick Lavernius Santana Greenberg, and it didn't didn't wind up going that way, but I still, there were times when I regret it. Do you you believe that, that all things would have been better in everyone's life if my son had been named Chadwick? Absolutely. I'm a big fan of, of the, of the uh, name Chadwick. Uh, you got a lot of different ways you can go there. You can have a professional name of Chadwick. You can go with the nickname Chad. Gives you a lot of different options, Greeny, I'll tell you. I hope Stace is listening. I still, this is the one thing that I've still never quite gotten over. All right, Chad, you're the best. It is a pleasure to see you. Thank you, my friend. Stay well, and we'll catch up again soon. Absolutely. Great seeing you. All right, take care. That's Chad Pennington. Who, uh, that, that is a, a blast from the past for all of you who listened to the old show, obviously. That was a staple uh, on Mike and Mike back in the day. And it is true. Stace will, will verify that. I wanted to name, I, I was a little bit joking about Chadwick Lavernius Santana Greenberg, but I 100% wanted to name Stephen Chad. <laughs> 100, 100% wanted to name him Chadwick. And, and I, I still think it's kind of a good name. Chadwick Greenberg. I think it has a ring. 
Don't you think? Like, like what? Let me, let me bring Bubba into this conversation. I mean, you're a man whose nickname is Bubba, my disheveled board operator. What do you think of the name Chadwick? I think it's got a little style. It's got a little pizzazz. What do you think, Bubba? It's a, it's a solid name. Yeah. I, I mean, I like what he's saying. You can go Chadwick. You got Chad. It gives you a little, you know, a little bit of everything. Formal, right. informal. It's got everything. But your name is Brendan. Yeah, that's a good name also. Solid, it is. It's so why, why does everyone call you Bubba? It's just my nickname. You know, it has in second grade. No big deal. I understand that. But, I mean, it, it could be. I got, I got Bubba. I got Brendan. I got all types of names. Nine. I guess there are different ways. we Talent. Gone, the man. <laughs> we could have gone several different ways with this, I suppose. Hey, former teammates are about to go to war at UFC. 258. Kamaru Usman defending his welterweight title against Gilbert Burns. You can see it only on ESPN Plus, where you can also find this show every day and hours of daily sports talk. UFC 258 is exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers. For $69.99, visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. Okay. The Green List today is a work of genius. This is magnificent. Every single day I bring you the Green List, my top five, voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And today's top five list, in the wake of the drunk fest that was the Buccaneers celebration yesterday, are the top five victory speeches. And the, the amount of work that went into this on, on the part of the staff was outstanding, and you are really going to enjoy it. So here we go, the top five victory speeches. Now, to set it up, in case you missed it, listen to Bruce Arians, the coach of the Bucks, yesterday. Anybody that says running back, bullshit. All right, that's Kansas City's bullshit. We're going for two. All right, we're going for two, and we ain't stopping. He's holding a Bud Light while he's saying that, by the way. I mean, he, it's hilarious. And the general manager, Jason Light. They've given us all the resources to keep all you guys together and to keep you next year. And we're going to win this thing again, all right? Okay. So it was just a drunk fest yesterday. So we got the top five speeches made in victory celebration kind of moments. Number five. Here we go. Number five is Bill Belichick. This is Belichick who didn't have a Bud Light or two during a parade and tried to get the crowd to join him on what could only be described as a ridiculous but very Belichickian chant. That's Bill Belichick chanting no days off to millions of people who took the day off to go watch a victory celebration, (laughs) right? All of those people are not in their offices. They are lining the streets of Boston, taking the day off, and Bill is chanting no days off. Nothing could be more Bill or more Patriots than that. Number four. Four is Johnny Gomes, Kansas City Royals 2015 World Series Parade. 30 years after winning their first World Series they finally win another title. They, before they beat the Mets in the World Series, they faced the Astros in the Division Series, who had the American League Cy Young winner and the American League Rookie of the Year winner. Then they beat the Blue Jays. They had the American League MVP in Josh Donaldson. And all of that led to this speech from Johnny Gomes. Hey, guess what? Cy Young winner. Not on our team. Beat him. Rookie of the Year. Not on our team. We beat them. MVP of the whole league. 
Sorry, guys. Not on our team. But we beat that guy, too. I love it. That is a phenomenal celebration speech. That's number four on the list of the best speeches at celebration. Number three. Three is <laughs> three is Brett Hull. You already know Brett Hull when the Blues won the Stanley Cup in 2019. The iconic former Blue. He, uh, they had their theme song had become the song Gloria, and this magnificent fun is what came from that. And they are the champions. Glory, Gloria, 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 I think I got your number, Gloria. <laughs> That's so funny. That's the greatest. That is, Bubba, is that, how is that not number one? I mean, it's, I don't know, it's close. The that other is, two are so good, so too. Good. I have to play it again. Number. And they are the champions. <laughs> Glory, Gloria, <laughs> Gloria, Gloria, I think I got your number, Gloria. <laughs> he just stood up in front of a crowd of people and did that. Oh, my goodness, that is so funny. Number two. Number two is Jason Kelsey, Eagles Center at the 2018 Super Bowl Parade, dressed in a mummer's costume. He went on a six-minute rant about how everyone doubted them, how people laughed at Doug Peterson's hiring, and then he had these choice words for all their critics. Jason Peters was told he was too old, didn't have it anymore. Before he got hurt, he was the best freaking tackle in the NFL. Stephen Wisniewski ain't good enough. Jason Kelsey's too small. Lake Johnson can't lay off the juice. Brandon Brooks has anxiety. You know what? I've just heard one of the best chants this past day, and it's one of my favorite, and it's new. And I hope you all learn it, because I'm about to drop it right now. You know what I got to say to all those people that doubted us, to all those people that got us out, and to everybody who said that we couldn't get it done? F*** you. <laughs> Jason Kelsey, the outfit certainly had a lot to do with its memorable nature, but that was his Super Bowl speech back in 2018. But finally, number one, it can only be number one. The former Boston mayor, Tom Menino, through a period of time where the city of Boston was basically celebrating a championship once or twice a year, every year for a decade, gave him the opportunity to speak often at all of these celebrations. And let's just say it always led to something great. Thank you, Donald Stearns. Thank you, NBA. <laughs> great talent on the team and a mixture of the, their good bench they have with the, uh, you know, the top four they have and, and uh, start with them and... Uh, there's a lot of heart in this team. Let me just tell you, uh, uh, KJ is a great head. Hon- but Hondo's really the inspiration. I mean, Hondo drives that team. We're all going to be rooting hard to bring back the World, the World Series Cup to Boston like we did in 2004 and 2007. In Boston, we have an amazing set of remarkable athletes whose action in a moment have become ionic in sports. Havlicek stole the ball. Fisk waving the ball fair. Flutie launched the Hail Mary. Pass, Veritex splitting the uprights. <laughs> okay. I tried to write them down as I was going. To begin with, he called David Stern Donald Stearns, right? Is, yep. that, is that what I heard there? Yep. That's one. KJ and Hondo. It's been a long time since we've done this. Who, were, who was he trying to say? I, Kevin Garnett and Rondo. Oh, K, I, KG and Rondo became KJ and Rondo. <laughs> Ridiculous. 
He, he referred to the World Series championship as winning the World Series Cup. Yep. And then, of course, Veritek splitting the uprights when Veritek was a catcher. And I- Ionic was Ionic. Ionic. He did say Ionic, too. That is, my goodness, everything in that is very, very funny. That is extremely well done. A great job by the crew. That is today's green list of the greatest moments from championship celebrations. But in each and every case, they got their ring. You win that championship, you get that ring, and that is the one thing that stays with you forever. Whether you're the Bucks this year or any of those, no matter how misguided the postgame speeches may have been. They Got Their Ring is brought to you on ESPN Radio by our friends at Macy's. Okay, next order of business. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. This is something that's been kicking around for a while. And we have not done a feature on this program yet where I ask a question directly and I ask you to call in and answer it. But that's what I'm going to do now, okay? So my number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And here's the question I want you to answer directly. It is my question of the day. Is the NBAization of the NFL a good thing or a bad thing? My son Stephen roots for NBA players. He doesn't root for the laundry. My son Stephen is 18 years old. He roots for LeBron. He roots for Steph. He roots for different NBA players. And wherever they go, that becomes his team. Those become because those are his guys. I grew up at a time when we rooted for the laundry. My question is, will that work for football? Football has fantasy. Football has DraftKings. Football has gambling. All of those are unaffected. All those ways of bringing interest to the sport are unaffected by players changing teams. And the change of players from one team to another... Matt Stafford being traded for Jared Goff, that never would have happened before, certainly creates a lot of interest in the offseason in football. Of that, there is no doubt. But will it dilute fandom? That's my question. And you're the fan. So the fact that the the NFL is starting to feel a little bit more like the NBA, do you like it or not? I want you to answer that question and tell me why. Greeny, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Meanwhile, right now, back to our question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. And this is the first time we've done this on the show here. I'm excited to do it. And that is to open up the phone lines with a very specific question I want you to answer. And that is, if the NFL is starting to go the way of the NBA, with a lot of player movement, players taking control of their situations, do you believe that is good or bad for the fans? I've mentioned it before. My son doesn't root for a basketball team. He just roots for players. And the NFL certainly is getting a lot of excitement this offseason with all this player movement, particularly the quarterbacks. But I do wonder 
if that will ultimately hurt the sport based upon the fact that we have always rooted for the laundry in football. My lifetime, we have anyway. I'm not sure if that's ready to change. So let's go to the phones and see how we do. Uh, Bubba, who do we have first up here on ESPN Radio? We got Nathan. All right, Nathan, is it good or bad for football? Um, it's it's bad for for, for, for for football. Mike, I look at it like this. When the players have more control, they're going to do what's in the best interest for themselves, naturally. When the owners have more control, they're going to do what's in the best interest for themselves, which is putting the best product out on the field and giving the fans who, you know, turn in the revenue, um, giving them what they want, whereas the players are going to be more partial to what they want and what works for them, just like the NBA right now with the, um, the All-Star game. The fans want the game. The owners want the fans to want the game, but the players don't want it. Who wins there, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting thought, Nathan. It, I don't know that I agree with that. I appreciate the thought. I don't know that I agree, if you look at the history of it, that every decision the owners have made have, has generally been with the long-term interest of the sport in mind. It would make sense that they would, but that is not the way these things have gone. Obviously, players are going to make decisions that are uh, in their own self-interest, as anyone in their circumstances would. It's an interesting thought, and I, I want to give it its just due by giving some thought to it before I fully respond. So I like the call, Nathan. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Bubba, who is next? We got Scott next. Scott, is it good or bad for the NFL with all the players moving around? Well, Greeny, I, I got to tell you, first of all, it's an honor to get a chance to be on with you, and I thank you for that. been a longtime fan. but uh, The honor you know, is mine. I'm thank a, you. I'm a Detroit I, – I, well, thanks. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I'm from northern Michigan. I've been a lifelong Lions fan. I'm a few years younger than you. I'm turning 50 this year. And the Lions haven't won a championship since 1957. The only constant in those almost 65 years is the Ford family owning the Lions. So mm-hmm. saying that ownership is always, that gentleman said, they always have the best interest of putting the best team on the field – I don't believe that's. I don't believe that's always true, especially in this instance. I and I take the Matt Stafford deal. Okay, I hate to see him leave. I'm a huge fan. He was never the problem in Detroit, and I can't wait to see what he does out west in that offense with that genius as a head coach and that talent. Because I think the world and Dan Orlovsky, I know, has been beating this drum for you. You know, on Get Up every day for the last almost month it seems but a player movement is good it's good for the players it's good for the fans it, it creates excitement i mean think about the top how much of a topic has it been other than the super bowl which is the biggest sporting event in the world every year yeah it has dominated the talk on all your shows for the last several weeks that's right and Scott, thank you for calling. I want to get a few more in here if I can, but I, I appreciate the thought. And I, you're right. There's no question for the, the hot stove element of it is spectacular. Uh, but in your illustration of, of the ownership issues in Detroit, also well taken. That's an excellent call, and I appreciate it very much. So we got one vote on either side. Let's break the tie. Bubba, who's next? We got Rob. All right, Rob, you're on ESPN Radio. Is it good or bad for the NFL with the players moving around? Green A, thank you for taking my call. I'm going to go right into it. It is a phenomenal thing for these players. And I'm going to put it this way. I am a huge Giants fan. I grew up upstate New York. The NFL takes advantage of these rookie contracts, Saquon Barkley. The shelf life for any sports player in any team sport 
is the shortest in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The guy, these guys need to get paid. And let's look at how the NFL has definitely benefited from Tom Brady winning multiple Super Bowls over how many last 10 years. This is a great thing for the players. These owners are going to make their money whether these guys win or lose. Yeah. These guys need to get paid. I appreciate the call. I'm up against the end of the hour. I, I, I like the thought. The real question I have, though, because it's the only thing I care about, is is it good or bad for the fans? I'm a fan, just like you. The question is, is it good or bad for us? We'll continue talking about it as we go. ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.